Okay, ladies and gentlemen, during the first week of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, we learned a startling fact about Putin and his government. They will lie to their own soldiers repeatedly and unapologetically. At first night, when Ukraine was still in the middle of winter, the Russian soldiers were surprised to find out they didn't have heaters. They didn't have blankets. They didn't have winter uniforms or boots. They didn't have recently dated food. And they had li been lied to about what they were actually doing, i.e. invading a neighbor. The soldiers had been told they were on a peace mission and would not be leaving Russia. It's really a shocking amount of lying. Now all this lying destroys the trust between a government and its people. Our own government is now more and more overrun by skilled liars. Biden and I think Obama before him have a loose way with facts. So what is the genesis of this tendency towards lying first and maybe telling the truth some other day? As I studied K-12 education, I found it was filled with fraudulent theories and shameless lies about those theories. Recently, I found a smart woman, Marilyn Murray, who for many years has studied Russia and lying, and I want to give you several quotes from her. Not paraphrased by me, but in her words. First, open quote, many Russians lie on a regular basis. They lie even when they don't have to lie. It is a national pastime. It can proceed from the small white lie of a family member to one of major proportions from a government official. But often, most Russians are not deceived and know when a statement is a falsehood. Close quote. So why do they tolerate this phenomenon? Now here's a second quote from Marilyn Murray. Not telling the truth was reinforced by a Soviet system that lied consistently to their people. The government instilled great fear in its citizenry with nonstop propaganda about enemies who they perceived were everywhere, within and without the country. The Soviet system lied to manipulate, maintain control, and create fear and submission. The government could not admit any flaws, and if errors occurred, they were instantly denied because they would reveal intolerable weaknesses. So today, why is there so much lying where people call themselves commies? Open quote. The government used lies to make the Soviet system appear better than it actually was. They said Russia was the best country in the world and everyone else had less than they did. They proclaimed that communism destroyed all class variants and everyone was equal when in fact the Communist Party officials had many privileges the average person did not possess. Larger, nicer apartments and furnishings, the ability to shop in private well-stocked stores for food and clothing, and the ability to travel and vacation in party resorts and dashas. The party, this is no surprise, even went so far as to rewrite and delete history. 
everything that uh, George Orwell predicted. So now, saying goodbye to Merrill and Murray, we have to ask the question, which came first, commies or lies? Was Russian society filled with lies in the time of the czars? I've often read about the Russian insecurity. If an American goes to Russia and says, we have a really tall building in New York, the Russians will explain they have that too, but theirs is much taller. And in fact, they built it many years before the American building. In fact, this phenomenon is perfectly and comically displayed by Penelope, a strange psycho character on Saturday Night Live played by Kristen Wiig. Whatever you said you could do, she answers that she already did it yesterday and she did it times, ten times better than you will ever do it. Now, a majority of Bolsheviks at the time of the Russian Revolution were Jewish. One wonders, are these people soft on lying? And in fact, the Jewish tradition, you don't know if it's observed all the time, but the Jewish tradition seems to be quite fastidious about telling the truth. It really does seem that the communists which is to say Karl Marx, introduced a new low. Karl Marx and communist theory brought in the idea of doing what it took to win. The revolutionary ends justify the most vicious means. So lying, when it seems to be vast enough to warrant the term plague, is a communist thing. Is perhaps best understood as the secret weapon that allowed a wrong-headed, anti-human doctrine to prevail in so many competitions. Personally, I've been worried the last several years that American culture is being degraded every day by our New York Times and the rest of the doc- uh, and the rest of the Democrat machine. Let's start telling the truth. That may be the kryptonite that defeats our comrades. Thank you. Overview. Let's Fix Education explores seven of my favorite themes. First, this podcast is a meditation on what I call the K-12 crime scene. So many destructive ideas. Understanding them is the key to fixing them. Two, by doing that we will have better schools at less cost. 3. Nothing much changes decade to decade. The big questions of the 1930s were the big questions of the 1960s and the 1990s. Any subject we discuss can easily intersect with any other subject. Most people instinctively want traditional education, but the education establishment fills classrooms with progressive gimmicks. The result is that we have a standoff, and that's why you run into the same ideas over and over. Four, the big brains in education keep telling students, don't bother memorizing this or that. You can look it up later. B.B. King, the great guitarist, is much smarter. He said, the beautiful thing about learning is nobody can take it away from you. Five, Lenin's ghost wanders through our school system. The hard left thinks big. If they have to kill millions of people to build their perfect society, that's okay. Same goes for dumbing down millions of students. Totalitarians want power. They will do anything to get it.
Six, if we are going to survive, we have to take each child to his or her limit. As it is, we are creating millions of sub-educated students from K right through college. Seven, analyzing education, especially dysfunctional education, is a lot more intellectually interesting than most people suppose. You'll enjoy this. Finally, P.S. My book, Saving K-12, runs parallel to everything discussed on this podcast. I also have an education site, improve-education.org, with 70 articles that complement everything discussed here. And I have hundreds of articles on the Internet. Enter a topic in Google with my full name, Bruce Dietrich Price, and let Google make suggestions. Thank you for visiting.